Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, uh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due. Welcome in to another episode of We're Talking. Today, we have our very special guest, Russ Eisenstein. Did I get that right this time? You got it right. Yeah, that, I, I generally have said I'd, I'd be a lot smarter if I had less letters. A lot of folks have called me Einstein in the past. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the mental capability to live up to that, uh, but Eisenstein's okay, too. Well, I can promise you that no one has ever called me Einstein. <laughs> or if they did, it was in a sarcastic way. Well, you, you're, 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 uh, it's very specific to uh, your Einstein abilities. And this setup you've got here and, and your, whole, your whole place is awesome. So uh, you're smart in that regard and way smarter than I am on all this stuff, for sure. Well, uh, you'll have to come back on another trip. Hopefully this will all be done by the summer. The walls will be up. The ACs are in now, so I'm actually enjoying being out of here out here and not in the 90 degree heat with the 90 degree humidity so that it never gets like that down here does it no not often <laughs> i mean i think you know actually this was one of the mildest summers we had so it was actually pretty nice nice we had about two weeks that was really unbearable and i tell you we when when i say we would work three hours and go through about a half a case of water two of us yeah. we were sucking down some water so but it's all good. I'm, I'm starting to hang some pictures. Those will go into a different place, but no one can now obviously uh, see what we're talking about. So, but I love my, my stadium pictures. So, but so oh, by the way, I'm Craig Malawson with We're Talking. So for those that are new or have listened for the first time, let's talk some. Uh, what what I, I before we go into the football part of it, let's talk about this realignment thing. Is there any talk in Mac Nation about? realignment or are they just trying to hold steady and hold the team together well we could talk for hours about realignment and and thoughts on that i i will say that uh during the game broadcast of ohio and syracuse in the opener we had dr john steinbrecher the commissioner of the mac uh visit with us in in uh, the broadcast booth on air and we talked about realignment the last time that we had spoken to him was at Mac Media Day, and that was after name, image, likeness came out, um, and and some other things that happened during the summer. So we didn't touch on realignment as of yet. And I had asked him about how it really affects the league, <clears throat> and he said not really all that much at that time. Um, and and he knows the way that we broadcast, and we've asked him questions before, maybe some harder-hitting questions than he might normally get from others, but he honestly said that he didn't feel that it affected the MAC all that much. The MAC, of course, uh, a little different than the Sun Belt from the standpoint of it, it's very, very regional, and the footprint of the MAC is all pretty much connected, whereas the Sun Belt, as you know, you know, uh, over to Boone and, and over to, to Myrtle and... Um, and, and all points in between. So the MAC has been fairly immune to uh, restructuring of leagues in the past. Uh, Marshall, of course, was in the league. Uh, they were actually kicked out of the MAC in, in the 70s okay. um, and then came back in and, uh, after their run in, in 1AA football and um, had a run there in the MAC before they went to Conference USA. So all of that is, is to say right now there isn't much going on far as I can tell about where the MAC is at as far as adding or, or other uh, schools being looked at for other leagues. 
the the kind of change up in that is what happens with the American. Um, and that's that's the big question right now of is there going to be a school from the Mac? Is there going to be a school from the Sun Belt that would really explore that sort of stuff? And, and I know Louisiana fans are very interested thinking that that could be a possibility. Is there, if, if you had to, I guess, guess or uh, think about a team that a uh, school university that might go would someone pop to the top of your head on that on that list? I guess from the MAC, um, you know, Northern Illinois is obviously very attractive for a lot of reasons. Um, maybe not in the last couple of years here, but uh, from a football standpoint, in recent vintage, a lot of success. Um, and I say them because I know that program very well. Uh, obviously, growing up, going to games there and all of that, but that gets you Chicago. And some people might say, well, Northern isn't, well, are, are they really covered in Chicago? They actually are. Yeah. Um, you know, there's still a couple of daily newspapers in Chicago, sometimes in Tribune. Uh, you get the Chicagoland market. Back in the day, there was some thought that, that Northern was going to the old Big 8 conference, and that's why they left the MAC in the 80s. So um, you look at schools like that, uh, Toledo potentially, um, you know, something that, that folks might not know. There was a time where Toledo had more suites at their stadium than anybody else in the country, sans Tennessee, and they've all been sold out. Uh, football, of course, is going to drive the engine for all of this. Right. Um, and so those are two schools that come to mind. Uh, but largely, I, I have not seen or heard a whole lot of solid rumors to say that anybody in the MAC has, has really been looked at to go elsewhere, largely because the schools have been that solidified within the league for so many years. Do you, do you think, I, I I love the geographic footprint, but is that, I know that's a positive probably for fans. Do you think it is for the for the conference, though, a small footprint? Is that good? I mean, obviously, I think that you don't, you don't have to have a large budget because you're probably not flying as many places as yeah. you would. Uh, you can bus, and it's very simple for your basketball teams and right. baseball teams to get around. So, do you, but is there is there a negative, I guess, to the small footprint? Well, I I guess much like westward expansion in American history, right? Ah, oh, bigger's better. Ah, oh, if you got that bigger footprint, now oh, you're doing things right. I, I think that the MAC has been able to solidify itself um, and and be immune to conference um, uh, uh, relocation because of the fact that they've been that way. I, I don't think that there's a real negative to it other than the fact that you're just not expanding your land area. Yeah. Um, and when you look at budgetarily um, and all that kind of stuff, yeah, Marshall as an example. There are other sports getting on a plane to go to El Paso yeah. uh, or elsewhere. That's a major cost. And, and as you said, in the MAC, we don't have those expenses all that much. You know, northern to Buffalo, Ohio to Mount Pleasant, um, that's really your extremes in the league. That's very interesting. Uh Moving on, let me ask you a couple questions about teams or games or whatever in your state. I mean, I know you're not from Ohio, but you've been there quite a long time. Yeah, 14 years. So, baseball fan, I'm assuming uh, Illinois, probably uh, either the Cubs or the Cardinals, depending on where you live in the state. <clears throat> well, I, I'm from the Chicagoland area, um, but I have a, a, a strong association in Milwaukee. 
Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> no, well, well, you're 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 kind of right. Uh, so uh, the the other team would be the White Sox, right? Um, and that's a question I get often. White Sox or Cubs? Uh, always have been the Sox. Uh, you know, I was at the last night game at Old Comiskey Park. Okay. I, I've been at some some great games on the South Side. I think um, any Chicagoan, regardless of sponsor title, still refers to it as Comiskey Park right. or, or Sox Park. Um, so I love going to games there. But Milwaukee, my my grandmother was uh, born in Chicago. She was actually adopted uh, by a Jewish family in in Milwaukee, and so she grew up there. And so my dad and and his um, uh, older brother. Um, they would go up to Milwaukee during the summers, and they saw Aaron and Matthews and Spahn and Burdett at, at Old County Stadium when the Braves played there. So uh, he uh, loved Milwaukee. Uh, when the Brewers came to Milwaukee, he became a Brewer fan, and uh, they came to Milwaukee in 70. Uh, um, yes, so the yeah, Seattle Pilots. That's right. And the story about that one was they didn't really know where they were going to go. Um, spring training, they were either going back to Seattle or, or going somewhere else, and it was Milwaukee. Well, I lived in Seattle at the time, actually in Tacoma. Oh, wow. And uh, it's one of those things. I was very, very young. I was in kindergarten. And don't I remember going to the games. I don't remember specific things about the games. But I remember going to see the Pilots play and also the Tacoma Cubs. Okay. And at the time, the guys that were coming through were like Don Zimmer, mm. uh, uh, Don, uh, Tommy Lasorda. All those guys were playing back then. Wow. And they are, or they were, or just started their coaching career. So we saw them come through the Tacoma circuit. Again, I don't remember a whole lot. I remember going to the games, but I don't remember the games like I remember my first uh, Cardinals game in 74. Okay. I do remember that. I was a little older. So, Old Six Stadium in uh, Seattle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I grew up going to Milwaukee, um, and, and I loved County Stadium uh, wow. and, and the Brewers and, and, um, so I, I was at the last couple of games at County and, and uh, cried uh, because it was special to me. And then going to Miller Park, now American Family Field. Um, and it's been a heck of a year for, for a, a team that was expected to be around 500. But kudos to David Stearns and, and, and Craig Council and, and what they're doing. Because in the Central Division, this, uh, this was pretty, pretty unexpected. And they're going to be the first team to win the division. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna get into that in a second here. Uh, I'm a Reds fan, as you know. And, yeah. And I just want to say publicly right now, thank you so much for the Marty Brenneman Radio. You bet. Commemorative Radio, uh, Marty's last broadcast. That was so nice of you to get that for me, a. And I probably would have spent a fortune on eBay to get it because that's. Uh, I'm just that kind of guy that will spend money on stupid shit that I don't need to be. It's uh, well, it, it's it's important, and uh, I I just went over there for the game. Uh, a, because I just wanted to see uh, another game that season, and uh, it was Marty's last go, and uh, so I got one for myself, and, and uh, so I, I found a, 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 a accepting usher who didn't seem to uh, be in strong command of, of her area there, right. and they were all on a pallet, and so I just kind of took it, put it in the pocket, put it in the mail, and there you go. You're the man, I'm telling you. <laughs> so my, my love of baseball goes back, like I said, the Seattle Pilots and all that and going as a young child. But I became a Reds fan in, in the early 70s because we lived in Germany at the time. My dad was in the Army. So only games we'd get live, like baseball games or football games, were the first, fourth, and seventh game of the World Series, the first, fourth, and seventh game of the NBA playoffs. Oh, wow. The Super Bowl and I think the Rose Bowl. 
So it was it was this you know armed forces radio and mm-hmm. the networks and everything. I mean, we got games, and of course, I'm I'm not young not young enough and smart enough to look at a newspaper. The games we got were like two weeks old. Oh wow! And they were played on Saturday just like they would the game of the week. And I had no idea who won the game. <laughs> well, they were new to you at the yeah. time, and so you're watching it with great interest. Sure. So I moved back to the states, and um, I still a Reds fan. And finally, I get to go to. I'm like, okay, I need to see the Reds live before I die. I'm freaking, you know, 22 years old, thinking I'm thinking about death. You I'm had a lot more living to go. Yeah. So I I went over to Houston, saw the Reds, and I was like, well, you know, this is pretty nice. I said, but I can't die until I see them in Cincinnati. Yeah. 91 or so, so 90, 91 in there. I I, I was in uh, Indianapolis for something and drove down to uh, Cincinnati and saw a game. Then I'm like, okay, well, wait. I can't die until I see opening day now. So I went to Ken Griffey Jr.'s opening day hmm. in Cincinnati at Old Riverfront. I went to the last opening day in Riverfront and the last game in Riverfront. Oh, wow. And then I went to the uh, opening day in Great American. So I think uh, I've lived a pretty good life so far as far as baseball goes. No doubt. And and the, during your fandom of the Reds, um, Obviously, the big red machine and, and, and everything else with that. And uh, the new ballpark, new. It's it's yeah. not necessarily new now, but uh, still. 20 um, almost 20 years old. Amazing. Time flies. And uh, it, it's easy to get in there. I like the setup of, that they have there now. And so many Ohio fans or Reds yep. fans, obviously. Uh, but, yeah, we, we bring up on our broadcast uh, when we look at other scores about what the Brewers are doing, and it's it's pretty fun. It really is. And, I can imagine. Yeah, and, and, and pitching and how they put it together in a lineup, and, and it's it's not Yelich, it's not Kane, it's a whole bunch of other guys that, that are coming through and, and having great years. Uh, the Willie Adamas pickup from, from the Rays, uh, I think, was one of the most important and influential uh, signings uh, and moves. Uh, it was a trade. Uh, this year uh, and what they've been able to do and, and gosh that pitching staff uh, and the bullpen's outstanding well uh, the last thing I'll say is this I am not a Bud Selig fan at all and I had, for, for the longest time I really didn't care what the Brewers did and I liked the Brewers Luke Roy was there and everything Sure. and then I'm watching a playoff game and I think sports hatred is great yeah. I hate the Braves I hate the Giants uh uh, I hate the Cubs, and I'm just going, you know, it's one of those things. And then, so I'm watching this playoff game, and I'm looking around. I'm like, okay, the the, the Braves are in, the Cubs are in, and I, I and on the on the American League, I'm like, just, just, and I, and then all of a sudden, the Brewers, I, I'll pull for the Brewers, you know. All right, we'll take Red, it. Reds are not in there. And then all of a sudden, I see this Hall of Fame or Ring of Honor at, at Brewers. Sure. And it shows Bud Selig's name. I'm like, oh. That's it. No more Brewers for me. I, I can understand that from from the outside for sure. Yeah. And and what he, uh, 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 your thoughts on him being commissioner? But yep. In Milwaukee, he was revered because he uh, stuck his neck out to bring baseball back, and he was and and still is uh, such a, a cheerleader and fan of of Milwaukee. That's where he's from. Yep. Um. And and him bringing baseball back. Uh, at, at Miller Park, now American Family Field, they've, they've got the whole C-League experience on how it all went down that way. And he legit um, was a diehard fan as an owner. Uh, and his relationship with Henry Aaron and, and, yep. and all that's gone on in Milwaukee. Uh, to Milwaukeeans and fans of the Brewers, he's a hero. Uh, but I can understand other thoughts just based on his commissioner uh, status. I will say, 
if you have not read uh, his his book, his autobiography, uh, it will explain a lot of decisions that he made, and it yeah. might change your mind. But it's it's a good read, regardless. I doubt it, but I, I, I will read it. I, I will read it because I I enjoy. It's a good like one. Uh, but uh, so let's get off of baseball. I mean, we're, we've been talking, but two two other things I want to talk to you about before we take our first break. Uh, Craig Malonson with We're Talking. Russ Eisenstein is our guest today, voice of the Ohio Bobcats. So, first of all, was there joy, I hate to say Mudville, but was there joy in Athens with the Ohio State loss? Uh, or are those mainly Ohio State fans, too? Yes. They're, they're, um, <laughs> yes. How do I word this? Uh, yes, absolutely, there, there was joy uh, in Athens and, and Southeast Ohio for fans of the Bobcats. Uh, that do not like Ohio State. And I, I think there's some similarities between Ohio's fan base and the Raging Cajun fan base yes. because um, you're in such close proximity to uh, what's termed as the big dog in the right. state, right? And so um, any sort of setback that they might have to a segment of Ohio's fan base is always going to be seen as a positive. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's the way it is. So, yeah, um, I would imagine as much, and I know for a fact that there were Bobcat fans that, that were rooting for Oregon uh, in, in the game on uh, this past Saturday. Um, but you also have uh, Ohio fans, some, that, that are Ohio State fans, too. And so it's an interesting dynamic there. I, I don't know if... I, I would be interested to find out and know the percentage of Louisiana fans who are actually LSU fans, too. And I wonder how comparable it would be to Ohio fans that are Ohio State fans as well. Uh, knowing both areas, living in, having lived in both areas, you're, they're very, very similar and probably yeah. probably close to the same percentage. Okay. Quite honest. Yeah. I know I had a friend, a fraternity brother, that was a Ohio University grad, but got his master's at Cincinnati, but wore Buckeye stuff. Yeah. I'm like... And, and you see that on our campus, too, and I've, I've, uh, I've never understood that. Um, now, I, I've got a heck of a t-shirt collection uh, of other schools, and, and I'd, I'd love to get a cool vintage Raging Cajun shirt, and I'd wear that in Athens, too. But seeing Ohio State stuff in, in, and seeing Miami of Ohio stuff, Miami University stuff in Athens. We're going to get into that yeah. next. Uh, that's the next one I want to talk to you about. But, but the, the whole thing there, I, and, and, and the Raging Cajun shirt, too, we can, we, can get, we can get you taken care of there also. Nice. Uh, but the, the thing that it, it's... It's, you know, in 1982, I think we talked earlier off the air about when I came here, moved mm -hmm. to Lafayette, and started school. But in 1982, when, we, when I came here, there was hardly any Raging Cajun gear in the stores. You saw more LSU stuff on campus. Yeah. Uh, I moved back here in 2011. It's been 10 years now, and I can tell you I was shocked. I hadn't been here in about six years because of my dad passing away and then my mom having cancer and passing mm -hmm. away. I couldn't fly into New Orleans and say, Mom, can I borrow the car? Right. And so when I when I would come in, I spent time with the family, which is sure. where I should be. Mm -hmm. So I missed a lot of the bad football years. But at the same time, in 2011, though, when I moved back, the town was much different. You could see raging Cajun flags on the on the on the at the businesses. 
campus more raging cajun gear yeah. than i'd ever seen very few LSU shirts now. Good. It, it, it's, it's interesting, the comparisons between the two fan bases, and obviously the layout of, of Lafayette is different than, than Athens and Appalachian, Ohio. There's, there's just more people here. There's more stuff here. There's more of an ability to see that kind of stuff publicly and, and visibly. But um, I think the fan bases are similar from the pride that, that the two have. Uh, Bobcats love being Bobcats. Yep. And rightly so. And Cajuns love being raging Cajuns, and rightly so. So it, it that's a cool thing. I spoke to my, my family when I got down. They they wanted to make sure I was all right driving through. Yeah. Um, I said, Dad, you know, you love it down here, just from the standpoint of you sense. I get goosebumps over this stuff. You sense how proud people are to be raging Cajuns down here. I just think that's a cool thing. It is. I mean, and we're very happy. Now, the final one I want to ask about is uh, for lack. I will say Miami, not Miami of Ohio, because. Mm -hmm. The reason I wanted to ask you about it, I think one of the greatest t-shirts I've ever seen <laughs> is that we were a university before Florida was a state. Yeah. We are Miami. They are, you know, yeah. type of deal. In your face, Florida. Sure. Miami of Florida, take that, you little punks. It, yeah. It, it's um, the primary rival for Ohio. Um, I've always said that I think the rivalry means more to Ohio fans than it does Miami fans. Um because they've got the, the rivalry with Cincinnati and all that. Yep. But they're the two uh, oldest schools within the MAC. Uh, Ohio is the last charter member left. Miami came in a year later with Western Michigan, uh, which I, I would guess most people wouldn't expect that Western would be one of the older schools in the MAC. But um, it's, a, it's a fierce rivalry. It means a lot. And, uh, yeah, similar. Trivia question here. Yes, sir. Maybe not before they were the Broncos, but what was the first uh, Western Michigan? What was their first uh, uh, mascot or nickname? That one I don't know, and I should know. They were actually the Hilltoppers as well. Oh, wow. The university started out on top of the hill, yep. and they were called the Hilltoppers. A very good friend of mine uh, in Indianapolis uh, attended there, so I learned a lot of Western Michigan. First Three College World Series there. Really? Yeah. Yep. Now, you see, I learned something. I'm going to bed. I've learned something new today. <laughs> Well, you send one my way, I send it right back to you. Awesome. Now, I've a very good friend of mine that I've drank a lot of bourbon with, played a lot of golf with, and smoked a lot of cigars with uh, is, is from that area. Sounds like a good guy. And but Yeah, but he's more of a Michigan fan than he is a Western. <laughs> and I'm going like, come on, dude. <laughs> and they just, play, they just played each other, actually, yeah. too. Yeah, and I meant to text him beforehand and say, ask him who he was pulling for. Right. But, uh, well, we're going to go to break. But before I go to break, let me just ask you one more question. If I'm mm -hmm. Ohio University is the oldest university in the state of Ohio. Is that 1804, correct? first and finest. They were the uh, first university in the Northwest Territory. And there's okay. a whole lot of stuff about, um, you know, how that area became to be um, and, and uh, it being a state and, and there needed to be a, a, a higher education school there. And so that's how it all came to be. 1804, and uh, uh, Bobcat fans, when, when the scoreboard, you know, the clock, 1804, um, that's, and, and I've been a lot of places. For a fan base to know the year that the school was yeah. established is fairly unique and really cool. And so, yeah, it's been around for a long, long time. First and finest, they say. Well, man, I learned two things today. I think I might have known that about them being the first in the Northwest Territory, though, uh, so, but we're going to go to break now. You've been listening to We're Talking with Craig Malonson and Russ Eisenstein, voice of the Bobcats. And I promise you, when we get back, we are going to talk football. But this has been fun for me. 
We're back with We're Talking, uh, Craig Malonsaw and Russ Eisenstein, uh, the voice of the Ohio Bobcats. I keep wanting to say the Ohio State Bobcats, but I know that is wrong, and I haven't done it, and I would probably get shot. I wouldn't get out of here. So. Well, I'm in your place, so I'm not going to shoot you in your own place. Uh, <laughs> It'd be a good place to bury me, though, if you shot me well, and walked out. I, I tell you what, when we're talking about how, how you're going to have this whole place laid out and, and the plans for it, that's, that's pretty cool, and uh, I'm sure uh, once you get it all put together, and, and uh, it's going to be great. So uh, well, pretty nice cool place to be. Nice part of it, I'm, and I'm pointing, and of course none of our listeners, but I'm pointing to your right. To my right, uh, there are going to be two barn doors there that close off the two rooms, and the other side will be a little studio apartment. So when friends come into town, perfect, they'll have their own place. They'll have a coffee maker. They'll have a, a, a fresh, clean sheets. Look and, at you, and you don't have to, uh, and you don't have to pay for a hotel. Running you your own Airbnb, you can come visit and and at no cost. And I'm. I've got my smoker here. I'm I'm not proficient in it yet. I've only done wings twice, but they're getting better. Well, it this seems like a good spot for you, me, and our our mutual buddy Jim Harris to come on down. We for. need to give Jim a shout out. Jim's up in Maryland now, and, and yep. I miss Jim dearly. Uh, is a good friend. We we text quite a bit, but that would be a good time next time he's down. We'll all need to get together. And uh, you haven't seen outside. There's a twenty by twenty covered patio out there oh. also that uh, will be uh, screened in to keep the mosquitoes out and that will be my smoking room sounds good to me uh so. and yeah you know jim is somebody i met um uh when i was at ohio and and i was there first and he came to ohio uh in our development office and and we struck up a friendship that, that continues to this day and yeah we texted today uh and so i i know he'll be watching and listening to the bobcats and cajuns on uh, thursday night well, let's get into some football now, Russ. Uh, before we get in, before we get into football, I know we've spent some time talking about other things, and we may not get into as much football as our listeners would like. But you can also catch Russ on the Raging Review. Uh, the guys over there uh, did a did a nice job interviewing Russ, so you'll get more football. Hopefully, it's a little different today. Uh, my take is a little different than theirs, so hopefully, you'll find something different uh, by listening to both podcasts. But you'll learn something about the game. And uh, when you see it happen in the game, you go, oh, yeah, he talked about that. <laughs> so let's start out. Um, we talked off the air again. Um, so you have, you, have a, you have a player that's from fairly close by from Texas. Tell, yeah. tell us his story. I thought that was a very interesting story. Demontre Tuggle, um, Bobcat running back, uh, an all-MAC caliber player. Ohio, of course, only played three games last year, so he wasn't able to, to show his stuff last year. 2019 had a great season. Um, and just a really, really good person. Uh, so he's from Channel View, Texas, uh, which I guess would be 300, uh, I'm sorry, 200 miles and, and three hours exactly okay. from Cajun Field. And so I do pre-produced opens for every game, and, and I uh, was saving him for the Louisiana game because I knew, well, he would be the closest to his hometown to play. So I'd imagine he'd have a whole lot of family and friends make the trip. What I didn't know was he said that his mom is from Lafayette, um, and he has uh, 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 so many family members that live in the Lafayette area. So he's been to Cajun Field before. Um, oh, he is so excited. You didn't tell me that earlier. He is so excited about playing in this game. Uh, he'll have 50, 60, maybe 70 family and friends uh, at the game, uh, and he just he just lit up. Uh, when I asked him about all of that, and uh, he's really excited to play. Um, obviously, being far away from his hometown, uh, Texas to Ohio, 
Um, he said this will be the first time that his mom has seen him play since uh, he was at uh, junior college in Texas. Okay. Uh, so for a lot of reasons, this is a, a Cajun homecoming for the Cat, and you'll see him at running back 24 for Ohio, and, and he's, he's a good one. Stays on balance, he's tough, he's physical, can break a long run. Had a, a kickoff return touchdown last week against Duquesne. And uh, if Ohio's going to make some plays offensively, he's going to be one of the guys to do it. Well, good. So we, we've got somebody that's coming in that's not just somebody that's sitting on the bench, actually going to be a player. Yeah, he's there. And family will be able to get to that. That is awesome. Yeah. I wish him well, but not too well. <laughs> I hope he fumbles at the one. No, I, I don't. I hope he does not fumble. Uh, but in all serious, I hope he has a good game, just not. As long as the good you. guys come out on top, and we can disagree about who the good guys are here, that, that's all. That's fair, <laughs> understandable. And, and we'll you just can, say the good guys. And and you can hear. Uh, I tweeted out that open. If uh, fans follow me on uh, Twitter, and just want to hear how we start off our broadcast and what we do. Um, well, what is your Twitter handle while we're at it? It's just Russ Eisenstein. R U S S E I S E N S T E I N. You'll okay. see a, a, a I think a, a very uh, flattering picture of me from a media day in the suit and tie <laughs> uh, at Mac Media Day. Um, and so, yeah, uh, give a follow. And, and yeah, I, I tweeted out a couple of pictures from Cajun Field yesterday. Yes. Right when I got in town, that was uh, what I wanted to uh, see. And I, I've heard about the swamp, obviously, and seen it from afar, but it was just really cool to be there. We uh, There was a joke going around that the uh, – the, uh Tents on the field were painting the AAC, AAC uh, logos. One, one of one of your fans um, reached out uh, asking about the tents, yeah. and uh, I said, "Well, that they're they're drying off the new Sun Belt markings." And then a, a fan uh, tweeted back, uh, uh, just a, one of those gifs of, or gifs or, yeah. or however. Um, kind of slammed the table hoping that it would be another league under there. I yeah. said, "Well, I guess anything's possible. It might be the old Big West logo in there. You, yeah. you never know." Well, I, I I remember going to I believe the first or the second Sun Belt Championship game, and they were they had this similar tents out there drying and everything. Right. Yeah. And as soon as they pulled them away, and it had been raining all the whole time, it just washed away. Oh by, no! By the first quarter, you couldn't oh, even tell no. where the Sun Belt Conference logos were. Yeah, yeah. And luckily, uh, the tents were there to protect it through uh, the rain that uh, that we've had down here. But the rain looks to be moving out, so hopefully, we have a, a decent weather night on Thursday. I think the difference in the logos, because at, at, at the time we were all doing our own colors with the Sunbelt Conference logo, mm -hmm. and they came in and want the Sunbelt Conference logo colors on those. So right. they just kind of uh, did that. So, But, uh, no, I we will definitely uh, share Russ's, uh, Russ's opening and, and get some feedback there from everyone. And where can they catch you on, their, on, on the radio if they so choose to? Are you... Uh, are you on uh, TuneIn, similar to well, the other well, ones? Or? Sure. So TuneIn is now pay to listen. Um, oh, really? It is. You can have the seven-day free trial, uh, but uh, Learfield, um, uh, formerly Learfield IMG College, right. um, now just, just uh, straight Learfield, they've started up their own app. Uh, the Varsity Network is what it's called. Okay. And so you could download it now, and I believe uh, the Cajuns are on there too, uh, being a, a Learfield property as well. So uh, fans can listen to us that way. You could go to OhioBobcats.com on the schedule page. We'll say listen live on there. And we've got the hour pregame show. I think the Cajuns do okay. as well. Uh, and so you could play a little, little uh, uh, audio dial tag uh, yep. with, with Jay and myself. Very cool. I mean, uh, it's... Uh it's it's one of those things I, I enjoy listening to others. So I've got some good friends over at Georgia Southern, yeah. and uh, Colin Lacey and Danny Reed. Right, so they do a great job. Do, do enjoy listening to them and following them and and, and yourself uh, with the different sports. So it's been fun. So 
Let's get back to football, though. We we seem to keep uh, veering off. That's which okay. Is fine. We uh, need to have a cocktail while we're while we're doing this. I know, but it might but be a little early in the day. It's not really that early, but <laughs> my boss is not listening, so I'm technically still working right now. Uh, but w- we may have to have a cocktail this evening before you mm-hmm. before you head in or something. We'll get some guys over here and we'll sit and we'll we'll throw a ball game on sure. and, uh, and and uh, and and chat and tell lies. So uh, so w- all right. Rough two weeks to the season for you guys. Very. Cajuns started out rough as well at Texas. Mm-hmm. Not exactly uh, stellar is what I'll say against uh, Nichols for us, but. You guys had more than a little bit of a scare in the Duquesne game. Was that, was that, all right, you got a new coach. Let's talk about that. Was sure. that, was that a, I'm assuming that was a surprise to everyone that he, the, the, with the retirement of uh, Coach Selick. Uh, Frank Solich, Solich, former head coach in Nebraska, yep. And um, uh, he is the reason why Ohio football is what it is now. And uh, my, my uh, broadcast partner, Rob Cornelius, is a, an Ohio alum. And uh, he's a little older than me, so he'd seen some real lean years for Ohio football. Um, you know, there was a, a, a 5 nothing loss to Utah State one year. There was a loss to Northeastern, 31 nothing, the last FCS 1AA loss. But, you know, Frank, he is the reason why Ohio football is relevant. Um, and there are a lot of things that go into that. Um, but, yeah, the question that I got probably more than any other one uh, in relation to Bobcat football over the years was, how many more years is Frank going to go? And 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 Frank's a football guy and yeah. was and still is in great shape. Uh, but there was a little bit of a health concern there, uh, something so much so that he felt that he needed to do right by himself and his players um, to, to get that addressed. So unlike Urban Meyer that fakes a health thing every time that he gets in trouble somewhere and has to move on, we're not going to go there. I'm sorry. That's all right. That was I, I just I, I can't stand the guy. <laughs> Sorry. This is, um, and not to say that that Urban's wasn't, um, uh, but most certainly I know for a fact uh, that Frank wanted to address that. Yeah. And so he did, and and the timing of it was was tough. Um, And everybody knew, if it was publicly talked about or not, that there would probably be a line of succession uh, if Frank were to retire. Uh, when he when he retired, that it would either be uh, Jimmy Burrow, defensive coordinator, and, and Joe's father, uh, or or Tim Albin, who is the offensive coordinator, who had been with him forever. Well, uh, uh, Jimmy retired to follow, and rightly so, anybody would uh, his son's success at LSU and then yeah. into the NFL. And so uh, it was then Tim. Uh, who took over, and he's a very good man and um, ran a lot of great offense with Ohio, the reason why Ohio's offense was so successful. Um, But yeah, I I would imagine, much like anybody else, some growing pains in the first two weeks as being a head coach, and I think that this game is big for a lot of reasons, uh, week three. I I think there's a lot, I mean, as much as we think we know what our bosses do, we really don't, and we think that we can do our boss's job. It, It is different. Sure. From an offensive coordinator to a head coach, because some of those things sometimes you have to give up and saying, "Hey, I can't do this. I've got to." Exactly right. Yeah. So, but um, so was much changed, or or you just think the COVID year? You guys played three or four games. Just three games. So did much change in the offense or anything, or just think you think there was a lack of playing time last year that kind of rolled into this year as a? It. I mean, there wasn't a whole. I mean, it's hard to say definitively uh the way it was termed and the, it, it didn't feel like a season last year in any regard 
Um, and, and especially in the Mac, there was the delay, there was a start, there were a couple of stops, and then if, uh, at the end, um, that was it. Yeah. Um, so there, it, it really didn't feel like more than just a, a kind of um, a practice season, if you're going to have one. So the offense is technically designed to do the same thing that it was doing previously because he's the offensive coordinator move over now and Ohio's had a great success over the last couple years now um, putting up points and, and yards. So it, it, it's changed a little bit because you have a new starting quarterback. Yeah, he had three games last year, but this is his first go in a new season. And it, it's just been sluggish. Okay. And that's to be very fair. The pieces are there for Ohio to make plays. Ohio just has not made big plays as of yet. Didn't have a touchdown against Syracuse. Uh, had just two offensively last week. And when you lose to FCS Duquesne, which I think is on a different level than FCS Nichols, yes. um, that, that is a concern for sure. And Ohio had won 16 in a row against FCS competition. So you combine the fact that Ohio didn't play as well as it thought it could against Syracuse. The FCS loss. A short week. Travel. Now, again, from the outside, and you know this, yep. I, I think that from the outside looking into what a tropical storm is, I think people on the outside, and I saw this firsthand yesterday, think that it's way more intense yeah. than it actually might be. So Ohio's heard about tropical storm and, and the travel and all that. There's a lot for Ohio to have to deal with on this trip. And, oh, by the way, a Cajun ball club that feels that they're better than they showed against Texas and better than they showed against Nichols, and they are a good team. This is going to be a real challenge. If you're listening, we're talking with Craig Malonso and Russ Eisenstein. So, uh, you know, you mentioned the tropical storm. Uh, one of the things growing up, I guess, for lack of a better term, after my dad retired from the Army, he worked for the Levee Board in New Orleans. Okay. And he always talked about it wasn't the hurricane. Hurricane strength of a hurricane has to do with wind the majority of the time. But it's all about the rain, that a tropical depression could really come in, or tropical sure. storms could come and sit on top of your town and, and deluge it. And mm -hmm. we found that out here about four years ago, where I had many friends' homes get flooded. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a hurricane. So, uh, yes, very something different. Uh, I, I was going somewhere else, and now I totally lost what I was going to... And now I lost my computer spot here, too. So, oh! Uh... We're both going to be on uh, Brad Tophan's show, Top's Take, here in a little bit, which will probably be, you'll probably hear Top's Take before you hear this, so uh, if you hear some of the same stuff, uh, but hopefully make sure that Brad's recording, so those of you that had not got a chance to listen to Russ, uh, some more talk football and talk Mac uh, there, so, um, so, you know, you, you talked about Duquesne, and I, I don't think... I know no, probably no one in our family knows who Duquesne is, quite honestly. Yeah. They're a small Catholic school in the middle of Pittsburgh. Very good. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been there. I've met the president of the university. Oh, wow. I've got some dealings with there. I told you I was in fundraising before. Yeah. Uh, the Bishop of Pittsburgh is, is, is one of our members, our fraternity's members, so I went there to help start a new chapter at Duquesne. So oh, wow. I, know a little, I did not know they were even FCS. I thought they were Division two or three or something there along the sure. way. Sure. So I apologize, but that's all right. That that had to have been rough. It was. Um, it w it was it was unexpected, um, and it was just one of those things where you hoped that it would go better. Obviously, every, every, and and that goes without saying. 
Um, but after the Syracuse loss and prior to Lafayette um, coming down here and playing Louisiana, um, that was the week to get it right. Yep. Because this is a challenging non-conference schedule. Syracuse, the Cajuns, and then Northwestern next week. It's the second hardest non-conference schedule that Ohio's had in my 14 years as a the voice there. So, um, and Duquesne is not fully scholarship FC. They, they, they have 40, yep. but they're not as fully scholied as, as Nickel State is. So, and to be very fair, they deserve the win. They had the ball for 41 minutes. Uh, time of possession. I had never seen that before. I hadn't either. You're listening to We're Talking with Craig Malosso. You might hear the rain coming through these microphones because these microphones literally pick up everything. I thought this was done. I thought we were over with it, but yeah, apparently not. Uh, evidently not. So I, if you don't know, the bunker is a metal building. It's on the back end of my garage. Uh, and it's, it's, it's fun to be in, and I love that sound when I'm trying to snooze on the couch. Sure. But... Uh, so just, just if you're hearing this, we've got about five more minutes. So anything else you want to, because I know we've got to run to, uh, to to top stakes. So anything else you want to talk about? You know what? That, 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 you, that the Cajun fans should know about. Well, I, I think, first off, um, Ohio respects Louisiana. Uh, I think Ohio fans that saw Louisiana come in, in in 2019 were incredibly impressed with the size, speed, and strength. And you were there and you saw it. I was shocked at that game, quite honestly. I thought it'd been a lot closer. Yeah, and, and the way that Louisiana played and, and got it done uh, against a good Ohio team, um, I, that was something that, that caught our fans' eye, and I know our fans uh, really respect Louisiana. And so our fans know how challenging this game's going to be. Uh, I will say, uh, when you take a look at Ohio from a quarterback standpoint, the brother of the quarterback that played in the game the last time... Right is the quarterback this time, Curtis Rourke, um, and he's more of a throwing quarterback than a runner. Ohio might play two quarterbacks. Big boy, though, 6'3", 220? Yeah, so, he, so he's got he's got some size to him, and he's got a good arm, uh, but when Ohio's offense is at its best, uh, it's a dual-threat sort of deal. And I think that Levi Lewis can be that way as well. Yeah. Uh, defensively, Ohio hasn't caused uh, enough havoc uh, or turnovers yet. Uh, Ohio hasn't, hasn't forced one yet. And so if this thing's going to get done for Ohio, Cats are going to have to turn the Cajuns over, um, and Ohio's going to have to throw a big play offensive punch. Um, and, and past that, again, this is a great game to play because I think the MAC and the Sun Belt are, are in different regions but very similar. You know, we're on uh, TV at the end of the year, but it's just really cool that this game's being played in September for, yes. for fans to see it across the country of what uh, a game atmosphere at Cajun Field is, and I'm really looking forward to it. Well, hopefully the ring stays away tomorrow and you'll be able to enjoy a little tailgating and everything there. Uh, you're, you've been listening to We're Talking. Uh, Craig Malonso with uh, my guest Russ Eisenstein today. So, uh, Russ, I have enjoyed our conversation, and I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, like I told you before, that's the reason I called it We're Talking, because yeah. there's no telling what you're going to what I'll, I'll talk about anything. I, I enjoy a good conversation. I, I love your setup here, and I, I'm serious. It, from afar, uh, I've wanted to get down here uh, and to experience this, and uh, hopefully this isn't my last trip because this is a fun place to be, and I'm, I'm staying actually after the game. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> Thursday night, I'll be, I'll be out on Friday, so uh, I really enjoyed the stay. Well, uh, after the game, we'll, we'll get Jay over here, and we'll throw some chairs on the patio, and we'll smoke a cigar How and about have a it? drink. Not sure my doctor wants to hear that right now, but it's fine. It's a game night. I'll let y'all smoke a cigar. I'll, I'll take <laughs> off Friday so we can have a little fun. But no, go. in all seriousness, thank you so much. We do need to get Jim Harris down here. Yes, and you we are do. always welcome. As soon as I can get some place here that 
that's respectable because no one's allowed in the house right now because it looks worse that's than the, all right. it looks worse than the garage. That's the next <laughs> remodel. My goal is to move in here and then to uh, remodel the house. So. Well, well, uh, Jim's a good man, and you are too. And uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it all. Again, if you want more football, listen to Rage and Review. Uh, Russ talked more about the Bobcats there, and uh, he's going to be on uh, Top Stakes on ESPN 1420 today. So for Craig Malonso and Russ Eisenstein, thank you for listening. We're talking today.